podcast. I'm really excited to have our guest today. This is actually round two, and he is a lifesaver. The first time we interviewed, we didn't have the quality down, so we wasted about an hour. About an hour of our time, but, but hey. But we had a couple <laughs> we had a couple things of brandy and or bourbon, so bourbon. it was worth it. Yeah. So we have Jeff Nevin today with us, which really excited and uh, just has a great story to, to share on this No Fear podcast. And if, if you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify or Amazon or, or Apple. So Jeff, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Um, I uh, am now uh, 36 years old. Is that crazy? I, I think I'm still qualified as uh, uh, mid 30s, right? Okay. Uh, so Hang on I that as long as you can. Yeah, as long as I can. Uh, I've been in real estate f- since 2011. People thought I was crazy getting into it, just because it was shortly after the. Uh, housing crisis, and it wasn't a great time for real estate. Uh, got through that and uh, started at a uh, one of the local um, real estate companies, uh, great for the training, and then I actually followed you, my friend. You were just so tall, and I was so short, and I look up to you, literally. In, in more ways than one. Yeah, more ways than one. But uh, yeah, so then I came over to Kelly Williams with with you, and uh, uh, which rocks, by the way. But uh, um, that's a little bit about myself. Am I missing something? Maybe you could give me some insight. No, I think. I mean, what, what do your, people want to hear? Are you? Don't you have a big date coming up soon? Yeah. Personally? Yeah, I'm getting married soon. Oh my god. September goodness. 30th. Isn't that wild? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, uh, and I close on my new house on yeah. Friday. Yeah. So, my actual first single family house. Isn't that wild? Because you're going backwards or the right way. Yeah. I like to say the right way. The right way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, every, everybody else, right, typically buys a single family house yeah. first. Uh, but I guess so there's your no. first single family. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Like, start to kind of mold it to us, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. But uh, speaking, like you were saying, we were talking about the right way. Uh, my first property I bought was a duplex, lived on one half of it, and had somebody pay for basically the mortgage. It was it was nice almost living for free. Okay, so before we go there. Yeah, sorry. Did I, I jump the gun? I, I like that you, you're, you're giving them a little preview, which yeah. I like. That's, that's who you are. And I don't want to let you off the hook that easy about your beginning getting into real estate yeah a okay couple bring it questions. on yeah yeah because I, <laughs> because we know each other so well uh, so i started in 2010 shortly after you came in yeah no before you were here before yeah shortly after you came oh yeah, yeah okay yeah. so there was a group of four of us that were i mean the the goofballs of the office yeah definitely and how many jobs did you have your first year? I know like when, when we say like, Hey, you got into real estate. It's one of the hardest businesses to get out of that first year. It's like, uh, over half the people fail. And the reason is we don't get paid money until we close. And it takes about three months to get a client. And then from there it takes about two months to get it closed. So you're really looking at five, six months with no money. Mm -hmm. And if you can make it through that first year, then odds are good that you continue on, but that first year is rough. So tell me about that first year quick. Like what, what I sold one house my first year, by the way, it <clears throat> was house. terrible. Okay. Yeah. I was doing it all wrong and, and we'll get into what changed. Uh, I had two jobs other than real estate. So technically if you want to call it three, I was, uh, a supervisor at UPS. Um, and then I bartended weddings on the weekends just to kind of make ends meet while I try to build a, um, you know, like a real estate business. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I mean, one home doesn't, doesn't really pay the bills for the year. <laughs> did you, did you use an accountant that year or did you do your own taxes? I did my own taxes for sure. <laughs> my first year I, I had like an 11 grand net. No, I think it was like a, it was $18,000 gross and a $4,000 net. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm a realtor. I got to use an accountant. I uh-huh. just remember and like, I can't imagine what that guy was thinking. <laughs> He's like, net $4,000. Like, that's for a year. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so. You a, owe no taxes, yeah, sir. It's a difficult thing to, to get into. 
I remember, well, well, what made you get into real estate? Because I think that's fascinating that you're more like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. What, what yeah. did you do prior? Like, was there a lot of pain there? So I, I mean, I went to college for a little while for business at UW-Milwaukee. Uh, stopped doing, I mean, I, you know, when you're young, I, I, it was just too much partying and stuff. And I would kind of wish that I was more focused at that time. Regardless, though, I had to figure something out. Uh, you know, being a part-time supervisor just wasn't digging it. Um, I don't, you know, you, you, you hear the saying, like, working for the man. Uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes being told what to do. So I had to figure out, okay, what can I do uh, with, like, no money, right? And how can I kind of create my own business? And I was actually bartending one night, and a call, well, not a colleague, sorry, a, a high school buddy um, he it was in commercial real estate. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he said like he's having a great time. It's a lot of fun, and and I should look into it uh, because that is an opportunity to to create a business. Real estate is, uh, and uh, so I did. Uh, the commercial side of things just wasn't my jive. Uh, I kind of like after discovering the difference between the two, building like the relationships with like families and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that was more what I felt was in tune with what I was looking for. So uh, that's that's how I kind of got started was uh, finding something where I'm the boss um, and sky's the limit. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, then, then here we are. Okay, so, I mean, just, just to be kind of candid here or whatever, like I think the two of us grew up a lot since we've met each Big other. Big time. Uh, I know, used to just... walk in with wrinkly clothes, yeah, if so... you remember. So you, <laughs> like my first memories of you is yeah you had like wrinkly uh -huh. clothes but it, it was like full of crumbs yeah and like the, like the potato the, chips or what are those like shell necklaces back in the day oh you yes. yeah yeah I had one of those yes yeah I loved it oh gosh I wish we I wish I would have called you crumbs that might have, <laughs> that might have stuck I probably well it's it's hard to get over the short jokes yeah so I got a lot of short I would never nicknames. I would never tell a short joke from you to you you do all the time well, what really you... i think they just go over your head oh god <laughs> anyway classic dad joke uh so so yeah i just i mean we got into this and i was similar like i was a teacher and then i, I was in i think like seven jobs in four years just couldn't find my niche and fell into real estate based on a referral or a hey you should you'd be good at real estate and we just kind of figured it out mm -hmm. so I'm fascinated with that part first because it's almost a two-stepper. So now you're in, you're still a realtor. You've built a team. You're into investing. But before you got into investing, what got you from like the one sale a year to yeah. you know making it? Like what changed? What yeah. did you do? So I think there are four things that make an average or a, an average agent become a above average or top agent. Um, first one is like, who's your who? Um, that that person should be like a coach, mm -hmm. okay? Now, I don't like the word coach personally because a lot of agents, when they first start, they think I have to pay a thousand bucks for a coach every month when you don't have to. You could get into something that is completely free, even like an office manager could be your coach or the person just holding you accountable. That's what you need. You need an accountability partner. Like when I went, uh, when I when I struggled, I Scott Allen, if you remember him, he was one of the managers at the old firm that we used to work for. Um, he actually brought me in. He says, "Hey man, I want to see you do good. You're like just doing the wrong things. Let me let me help you. Would you would that be?" Okay? And then I did. And he from from coaching, um, that's kind of held me accountable. And showed me the ropes a little bit, which was fantastic. Yeah, with with Scott, just on that topic, I I had him as a coach too, starting off. And what so accountability could be a you know the old Freddy Krueger movies where he would like drag his his finger knives down yeah, the chalkboard, yeah. like yeah. that's what accountability can mean mm -hmm. to some people. Mm -hmm. And so, what does accountability mean to you? Because you're probably one of the the top people that live accountability. Yeah. You, if, if you don't feel uncomfortable after whatever the, whatever it is, a meeting or a talk, a Zoom, whatever, if you don't feel uncomfortable after having that meeting with your accountability partner, then it's not, it's not that person because it, you, you, you need to be pushed. 
Meaning like, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Scott, I didn't hit my numbers. That's okay, Jeff, you'll do it better next time. <laughs> that doesn't, <laughs> yes, that is how I sound. No, uh, that doesn't help me. It's like, why didn't you do it? There's no excuses. And then pushing you out of your comfort zone. Like for example, we had it where if I didn't hit a certain amount of appointments um, on Friday evenings, I would have to go and door knock like for an hour just to make up for not having hit my appointment goal. Mm -hmm. Super uncomfortable, hate door knocking, but um, that's that's just kind of like that accountability part, right? Uh, maybe like a consequence that you and your uh, coach or the person holding you accountable is kind of pushing you to do, which in my case was door knocking. Um, that I, I would say is your accountability. And they have to know your numbers. They have to know your numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say you should feel uncomfortable before the meeting too. Like if you're ever meeting with a coach, you're like, oh, I can't wait for this call. Like you said, it's probably not the right person. And you're right. not looking for another friend. You're looking for someone to call you on your stuff. And then yep. basically, yeah, okay, you didn't do it. Um, all right, what are, what are you going to do? You had that predetermined so you don't have to think about it. Yeah. And then this conversation will sound different next week if, if it's the same conversation. Mm -hmm. like, like get your get your butt back on track, Yeah, and that's perfect. So you guys, you have that, and your business partner, Joe, so you yep. guys do that. Mondays and we, and we and do have a coach, too. And a coach. Mm -hmm. yep. okay. So Mondays we have, it's like our, we call it Monday morning accountability. Okay. So we go over what happened last week and what we're going to do this coming week mm -hmm. to hit our goals. And this applies to anything. So it applies to investing or to your any parenting, whatever 100%. it is, like, one, one great lesson I learned at our last real estate convention we were at with Keller Williams is uh, Jay Papazan, who wrote the book, The One Thing, uh, he said, everything important has a number to it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds kind of like crude or crash or like at first glance, but Jay and his wife, Wendy, are great examples of living a life by design. And, and they have a number, I believe it's two dates a week. So their numbers too, and it's like, yeah. oh well, that sounds so predetermined and this and that. But you can have as much spon spontaneity with two dates a week. Yeah. Everything else is spontaneous. Yeah. But but their success to them is that too. That's a number. Mm -hmm. Weight is typically a number, or it's like a blood pressure, or it's something, uh, anything business related is obviously all numbers. Mm -hmm. But even thinking about. When's the last time you reached out to a friend from high school? You said you didn't know if he's still in real estate. So yeah. what if you said every week I'm going to reach out to one person? Like, that's a number. And you can just hold yourself accountable to these fun numbers. Accountability yeah. doesn't have to be painful. Right. Exactly. The more pain you can create for yourself purposely, then the easier everything else is. So you're going to have discomfort. You're going to have pain. You're going to have... Like, that's what life is. There's going to be yeah. suffering. If you try to avoid it all the time, it's never going to serve you well. If you mm -hmm. can manifest your own, it actually makes you stronger for when it comes. So, yeah, yeah, I really love that. So that was number one. Yeah, Yahoo. so number two, I think, is, and we were just touching on it, you were talking about the numbers, is knowing your numbers. Okay. Meaning, um, you know, what is how many transactions you have to do during the year, uh, what's your average commission, um, you know, how many people I have to contact to get a listing appointment because in this business, it is absolutely 100% repeatable. So if anybody tells you differently, I think it's a lie. Um, because you could see yourself progress year over year and, um, it's, it's a, it's a great average. So, um, for example, um, we need to do 34 transactions by the end of the year to hit our goal. Um, that means based off our numbers, I have to get one listing appointment um, a week. I'm sorry, take one listing a week, which I have a 53% um, conversion. conversion. So that really means I have to have two listing appointments a week to really hit my goal. Okay. So um, how many contacts to a listing appointment? So, uh, how, and which is crazy. He doesn't have numbers grown. in front of us. So I, I don't. I'm just trying so, to stump him. Yeah, you, you, you are. But I can tell you, it's, <laughs> it's about, it's about um, 100 and uh, I think 120 uh, contacts to get one listing appointment. Okay. Uh, cool thing, though, with, with, with uh, Tina Reddick actually told me this. Uh, lead generation is like a gumball machine. 
but with the gumball machine is full of all red gumballs and your goal is just to get to that one blue ball that's in there but you have to get through all the no's or all the red gumballs to yeah. get to that one blue ball it's really it's just a numbers game really yeah just making contacts so know your numbers i think is the most important because if you don't then you don't know how you're going to reach you don't have a plan to get to your goal yep mm-hmm. what was three um, three is having a um, daily morning routine, which again, you're going to hear a lot of that in this business is the morning routine. Um, it's not like some people think of morning routine like um, meditation or I have to have my coffee by this time and then I have to script practice at this time and then I have to do this uh, all in order. It's not that. If you really dive into what somebody's morning routine is with the top agents. It's only holding their time precious for finding new business. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. So for example, Mark Smith, his uh, morning routine is not even in the morning. It's, it's, I think it's from three, three to five or three to six, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and he door knocks between those hours and nothing gets in the way of those hours. That's like you can't schedule an appointment during that time. Um, he doesn't take phone calls during that time. Like that's his, and I'm doing air quotes because you can't <laughs> see me, uh, morning routine. It's just as long as you are finding new business and holding yourself to that time to find new business, it's then you're adding to your pipeline. Okay. And what does your morning routine look like? So my morning routine is... Um, at uh, eight o'clock is when we start hitting the phones and that's starting with expireds uh, for a half hour. Then after that, uh, at uh, 8.30, we're doing past expireds. That's like, you know, maybe last month you didn't get a hold of them or expireds from like last year that you didn't talk to. And expireds in the biz. In the is biz is, is when, a, <laughs> I guess I should remember that, <laughs> not everybody knows, um, is when a listing agreement with a seller uh, expires, terminates. terminates, yeah, with uh, that, that listing agreement, or I'm sorry, with that listing agent. So um, when that happens, we get notified on, on MLS. Mm-hmm. So I call those sellers and say, hey, your agent sucked. It's now me to come in and do exact better for script. you. Yeah, exact strip, uh, script, yeah, exactly. But no, that's that's expired. So then after that, it's, uh, it's uh, the, the people that we have to follow up with that um, are are looking to, to do business within three months. Mm-hmm. So we filled our pipeline. We know that they're doing business in three months. We circle back with them. Then after that, we do like an hour of just our uh, past clients in Sphere. So we do like quarterly calls. We have like tasks and stuff that reminds us to like call, you know, Samantha from last year that we sold and see how our house I is doing. I sold her house. Sure you did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it must have been a different Samantha. Yeah. No. <laughs> Kidding. Um, and then after that, we just like fill in with, uh, another hour of, you know, Facebook leads, um, other, how, how would you classify those like home lane? What, what do you, what do you I classify call them those? like paid leads? Paid or, leads, yeah. Yeah. So in real estate, you can pay companies and it's like all search engine optimization basically mm-hmm. is what it is. And then they, the, you'll get a name, number, or an email. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they know that you got that name, number, and email. So those are hard to convert. I yeah. mean, I'll use lead quotation marks now under the word leads yeah. with those. So that's a lot of conversion. Yeah. So from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock, we're trying to find new business. We start with the people that are going to be um, more ready to sell mm-hmm. today. And then we end it with just filling our One pipeline step. with, the, yeah, exactly. So um, that is my, if you want to call morning routine. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I'm going to just kind of dive in a little because, so you, Joe does, your business partner, Joe does that as well. You guys yeah. both do it. Yep, same, absolutely. same, t- same, same people at the same time or yep. like his is this. So do you ever call the same expired and absolutely. you say, okay, I figured. Absolutely. So don't listen to that Jeff guy. He's he's a moron. Uh-huh. Listen with me, and yeah. then you guys high five. Exactly. He's like, yeah, that yeah. Jeff guy did something. Like See moron, that? I can't but believe you it. You sound amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So you're very. You are. I will. I will say you're very structured in that. And um, I mean, I'd say your car Nevins with the license plate is here <laughs> earlier than probably anyone's. And I think Nate and I go back and forth. So. <laughs> 
So you have that business plan dialed in and what I would yeah. literally dialed in. So what I would say to that, especially if you're, if you're in a different business or if you're in investing, your the nugget there was call the, <clears throat> the people that are most willing to sell first. And in real estate, literally if they tried to sell a home and it didn't sell for six months or three months, they're very motivated to sell. Now, yeah. same with for sale by owners. Like they're raising their hand saying, I want to sell. Exactly. So I really like that strategy. And plus you're like eating the frog first, mm -hmm. but you, the frog was more the people that you knew. Right? It was, and, oh my gosh, so, it totally was. So you, I teach a class on the database, contacting your sphere, all that because it's just my personality. I think for sale by owners, I'm proven. I'm I'm convinced they eat their own young. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk to them. Like I just I'm terrified of them. Expireds. Like it just creeps me out. But like I'll call my past clients anytime. Mm -hmm. And and I was teaching a class, and you're like, I can never call my past clients. I'd rather call someone I don't know. Yeah. That's a very common. I hear that all the time. Yeah. So. So now you've gotten over that hump. I have, and I don't know why. Like it was like, we'll use Samantha as an example. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, we did business, we, you had a good working relationship with, and then when you do call, they're like happy to see you yeah. or, or happy to talk to you. And you're like, oh, oh, that wasn't too bad. You know, um, it's weird that it's, it was or used to be easier for me to talk to somebody who's willing to yell at me because I called them a couple times already mm -hmm. than somebody who would actually be happy to, he, he, like be happy to hear me which is I guess a kind of like a mindset shift that I I took was they they actually want to hear from me yeah you're the first one that that told me that and I thought you were just a, a weirdo but then <laughs> I teach that class all the time and people more often than not I would yeah. rather call people I don't know and I'm like oh okay so this is this is a growing opportunity for me because we're all all the different personalities can succeed yeah and all and so I really like that and and I mean, I'd say just a couple of reasons why you'd say you don't want to call the person because you sold them the house and maybe something went wrong with it. And then they're going to mm -hmm. be mad like, oh, my water heater broke. Well, yeah. water heaters break. You know, it's, right. it's ego. And then also, like, I don't want to sound like a salesman. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But if you have some of value and, you, you know, you, you do an event or you do something fun that you can share, we have a lot of giveaways. There's always reasons to call. And totally agree. So that's very cool. Now we've gotten through three. I'm just like uh, dying to hear what. Yeah, four is. no, the four is is everybody hates it though. Is is knowing what to say, when to say it. So scripts. Yeah. Um, but you can't say scripts anymore. Why? There's a lawsuit what is against that, that word. Nah, -uh, is yeah. it really? You got to say conversations. Nah. -uh. Yeah. Shut up. No. Who who's suing who over scripts? Trust me. Google it. That's wild. Yeah, so. Someone was just so mad that they had to practice. Yeah, so... Uh, so, conversation. conversation. So, <laughs> yeah. You're so angry. I, I am angry. But um, it's uh, knowing what to say, when to say it. Uh, so, we we are salesmen. Mm -hmm. You Some people are like, oh, I'm a realtor. I'm professional and help with, like... You know, is buying Grover, a house. Is, is and, that Grover? I don't know. I just it's just like my random <laughs> person. Voice. I know it's my random person yeah. voice. Okay. But anyways, uh, they're trying to get away from the salesman. We we are. We we have to we have to help people want to work with us, basically. So I will say the biggest mistake agents make is they uh, um, they tell you what to do. Or they tell you, they tell you what they do for you to work with them. No one cares. No one cares. You have to lead them to the answer. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been working on. So let's. Should we? Okay. Should we do one? Oh my goodness. Sure. Okay. All right. Get like get like. I'll I'll do what people say, and then I'll do what what I'm working on. Okay. Okay. So give me something that you run into in the business. I mean, for sale by owner, doesn't want to pay an agent commission. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So, uh, okay. So one agent would be, or average agent would be like, well, Mr. Seller, this is uh, not a good idea because you don't have a lot of exposure. And when you don't have a lot of exposure, then you only get one person and blah, blah, you know? Okay. So it's like that for sale by owner is like, no, that's, that's dumb. So then here's what I would do. Uh, would be like, hey, uh, Mr. Seller, I mean, obviously it sounds like you want to say, and then you're, okay, you're, you're Mr. First Sale by Owner. Okay. Uh, it sounds like you want to save as much money as possible, right? 
Yeah, that, definitely. That's um, why you don't want to pay a commission. Yeah, I ate all my children, so now i got to buy groceries. <laughs> okay, so now I have to buy groceries. Yeah. Okay, totally get it. Um, and then how how is, like, the the for sale by owner going? Have you had any bites yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, we had a couple people over in uh, for – I did an open house. Okay, okay. Uh, good. And then how did that happen? Like, what were your results from that? I'm still waiting to hear back from one guy. Okay. He seemed pretty interested. Okay. I think that's awesome. So uh, can I ask you, though, um, are you worried about the commission or are you more worried about that check that you're going to get at closing? Commission. Okay. So okay, so you're more worried about the commission, yeah. even though you might make less. I don't see how that's possible. Okay. No. Okay. Totally understand. Yep. All right. So I get it. Um, so if, if you are selling by owner, right, um, and I'm totally screwing this up, by the way. But but okay. Yeah. You, but you see what I'm doing is I'm yep. asking a question. Yep. So then it's like, all right. So if you have one prospect and you have one offer, are you happy with that asking price? Probably not. Okay. So so what would happen if you had like five offers? What do you think is going to happen to that price? It would it would go up. Okay, it would go up. So okay. So you, you yep. see, I'm like asking yeah, a question. Yeah. I'm not telling. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like what I've been working on because I used to be the agent that would tell them what's happening instead mm-hmm. of leading them to like the answer well, for them to figure out. And that's sales. Like in you, you can call it sales and have a negative connotation, but when you're a teacher, you're in sales. You gotta you gotta sell history to a group of fourteen year olds. Like mm-hmm. good luck. If you're not a salesperson, you're not gonna be a good teacher. It's just a fact. Exactly. And so in real estate, I say, and not just in real estate, but like, it's really about understanding personalities. It's about asking great questions. And like you said, it's diving deep and leading them to an answer. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they might come to an answer that would would not make sense for them to sell. And I'd say it doesn't make sense for you to sell. But like, but you're you're just you're asking them, you're guiding them, you're finding their motivation because very rarely is, if ever, money the number one reason people buy or sell, and this goes to investing too, mm-hmm. which there's a correlation. And what you're saying is very similar. If you're trying to look for deals, you look for the ones that could sell first. You're you're asking them questions. You never want to tell them, and right. you could provide a great service. So we got through those four. It would have been hilarious if four would have been like. Uh, repeat number one or like, you know, something like that. But we got the four and I'm just curious, last piece about your real estate career. You did one deal the first year. How many deals did you do the second year? Uh, 12. And then what about the third year? Uh, I think it was, I don't know. I think it was like 15. And then the fourth year? Uh, fourth year, man, probably around the same, about 15. When did you take? So when Joe month? and I, okay. when Joe and I joined, I think that was 2016. That's when we went from, like, I would go from like 12 to selling 30. Okay. Mm-hmm. You personally selling 30. Yep. So, yep. And then okay. last year I personally sold 44 Okay. on my own. Mm-hmm. How long would you have lasted in real estate if you were just selling like 10, 12 a year? Would you have just kept going at it? Were you making a living or were you... Um, I think I would have, well, so when I coached with Scott Allen, we, we put a plan together was how many uh, houses do I need to sell and how much do I have to have in my account for reserves? Mm -hmm. Um, once we made that goal, um, I like, I, he was like, all right, you're going to, you're going to call UPS and you're got to give them your, your, uh, two week notice. And I did, which was like super scary, but then it pushed me to like, find more business. Uh, It was kind of like burning, burning the boats. Right. So um, it was cool. Um, And then, yeah, I was just like, I have to now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when did you do your first deal? Now we're back to the first deal, the one that you jumped into. Remember the duplex? Yeah. So you're helping people buy and sell. And then you're like, wait a minute, I could do this too. Yeah. So So like my first duplex. Okay. So my first investment now. Okay. Uh, I found this one in Waukesha. It was uh, upper and lower, or still is. It's two bedroom, one bath. Two <laughs> I bedroom, split it. Yeah. Uh, two okay. bedroom, upper, two bedroom, lower. Mm-hmm. How did you find it? I actually found this one through Craigslist. And you, So you're actively looking for a duplex? Yep, actively to looking. To live in, to house hack? Yep, to house hack. And, and that guy paid me a commission. Nice. Which that's was a, pretty. And he, he, he was a first seven owner, right? So from like Craigslist. The guy didn't 
know what he was, you know, what he had. Okay. At the time. So that was what, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. No. 2016? Did no, I bought that I one 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah. Then what was your next investment purchase? My next one was another um, duplex in Muskego. That was, so the, the next year, so 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you searching for that? I was. I was actively searching for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one did like your standard 25% down. Okay. That was, that was scary. Did you find it on MLS? That did was you? on MLS, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you still have both of these, right? Duplexes? Yes. Yep. I still have both. Yeah. What, what was next? Uh, the next one was the, the next year. Uh, as you can see, there's a trend. Um, <laughs> was Grand Tosa Drive in Milwaukee, just just north of Wauwatosa. Was that a duplex? Duplex as well, side by side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you yeah. had three duplexes in three years. Yeah, and that one I bought with 10% down because I explored different financing. So okay. it's pretty neat that there's, you don't have to do your standard 25% down to invest. What is, is that still available? No, right now, which which stinks, just because interest rates have gone up and inflation, they, they changed it from 10 to 20. Okay. Um, what was that bank? That is Port Washington State Bank. Okay, I've heard a lot of investors talk about them. Yeah, yeah, they rock for that. I'm hoping, though, in, you know, the next year, they'll, they'll bring back that program, because it was pretty sweet to only mm-hmm. come to the table with 10%. So three duplexes in three years, what was next? Uh, well, I need to find another one. So do you know where I can find one? Didn't you just get one? Yeah, that's my Grand Tosa. Maybe I, I have the years wrong. Maybe it's 2020, yeah, yeah. That 2021, was, 2020. Because yeah. it was every year about it. Okay. So, yeah. So you had three duplexes in three years. I'm not a smart man, but yeah. I think <laughs> I know what your specialty is. Yeah, yeah. For now, <laughs> I would like to get uh, like a four family. They're just hard to come by. So you're, I know when you bought that last duplex, you've been, you've been putting a lot of sweat equity Sweat equity. <laughs> you okay over there? Yeah. Are you I having a stroke? That was like a Norwegian. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, so some people may say that's not the smart way to go because I'm taking time away. Other people are like, "Man, you're saving a lot of money." Mm-hmm. I kind of chose the saving a lot of money when you when I so what so what I did for the people listening is after I bought it, one side needed a lot of help and needed some updates. Um, when I got a quote, they wanted like fifty grand for it. I was like, ah, okay. So um, I actually just decided to do it myself, mm-hmm. which um, saved me a ton of money. I think I spent like 10K doing it. But it took my time away from, from real estate. Yeah, I mean, for well, sure. I remember too, just like, hey, let's go out. And you're like, no, I want a duplex. Yeah. And you'd send me a sweaty picture of yourself like yeah. painting. <laughs> And I'm like, just come out. You can always paint. Yeah, so right. The bad influence. Right. Uh, is was this one? Was that one close to your first one? Uh, no, okay. no. So it's the Waukesha, Muskego, and then Milwaukee. Okay, so I thought you had two in Waukesha, or you were going. I had one. Well, yeah, I had one like literally right next door. Okay. Uh, it That's was. I was super distressed. It still is. Um, so. I'm like, I wonder who who the heck are these these owners that I mean the roof's falling off, like the siding's falling off. No joke. Like mm-hmm. there's like shingles in my yard from the roof falling, like okay. blowing off. So anyways, I, I just went up to the tenant who was outside at the time. I'm like, hey, who's your landlord? Do you mind if I call him? Uh that's how I got his number. And it got to a point where it was we were negotiating terms and then uh somebody else came in and was like, I'll pay you cash for more money than this guy. And then, so so that guy took it, unfortunately. But he hasn't done anything to the property. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I might reach back out, yeah. Terrible. So, okay, and so you're actively looking for a duplex again? I am, I do have a prospect, which was an expired listing, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that answers the question, just like how you find your deals. It sounds like you're actively, you know, like looking for them, putting in the work. You have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can hire an agent for that. Um, you can uh, mail out um, just like letters to neighbors or neighborhoods that you know have lots of duplexes in them. Um, you can uh, find numbers out there. I mean, there's just, there's different programs you could get into. But, yeah, you, you have to actively look. It, they're just not going to fall in your lap. 
I repeat this all the time, but the phone does dial out as well. Mm-hmm. So this like this isn't just a candy candy crush. Candy crush or like social media game. It, yeah. it does dial and it's free. Or you're mm-hmm. paying for it anyways. It doesn't right. cost you more. Right. So I I like that you're willing to work. So you have uh, six units. Are bo- are you're still living in the one you're about to move and then rent yeah. that one? Yep. So you'd have six rented units. Did the lat? Do you have them? Well, actually, uh, I moved in with a girlfriend after, but oh. so we're selling her condo, right? So it's I mean, it's good lead generation. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's uh, I I live for free. So hey, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so all of them are rented out though. To answer your question. You don't live in the duplex anymore. You live no. with in her condo. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you have six, six doors. Six doors. They're all rented. All rented out. I'm currently making um, thirty-five thousand a year net profit after my. Uh, if if you look at my uh, operating expenses, it's like so. you're you're reading my mind. So okay, what what would qualify this for a deal for you? How do you know what whether to buy it or not? Um. Well, we have a a spreadsheet. That you could enter in expenses and stuff like that. Um, I typically like to to net close to a thousand a month off just duplexes. So I, I know that doesn't. Uh, so there's other like we we also look at the cap rate and the um, NOI rate, right? Is that the other one? I'm well, having like a brain fart. ROI. Or ROI. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then. Um, Cash on cash. Yeah, cash on cash. So what's cap rate? <laughs> uh, cap rate is uh, what you take your. I think it's your gross in, uh, income from rent divided by the property's value. It's the it's the is, net the net operating income. Yes, that's it. Divided by the property's value. By the right. cost, yeah. So it does. Not taking into account your debt, meaning your mortgage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or like property management or whatever. Correct. Yeah, and that's like you want. Like I like to be around like eight or nine percent. Okay. And that's the same with ROA. And but that takes it's it's like your monthly income based off how much you you spend on it. So that includes your down payment. That includes uh, uh, your uh, how much you have to uh, pay to fix it up, and then your mortgage, your um, exp- uh, insurance, taxes. and taxes. Yeah. What mm-hmm. about and that's like seven or eight is also. Do you have your tenants pay that, or are you paying? That? I have. Uh, if uh, yeah, they pay all utilities. Mm-hmm. Did you inherit any tenants where you had the the lease you had to? Um. Yes, two of them. Which one just moved? which was great because they were way low on rent. Yep. And then I raised it to market rent. Um, the other guy, I still have him in there. I raised their rent like right away. You know, you feel bad, It's but it's a business. Like yeah. you have to run it like a business. And then every year I just like, I, it, well, actually it's only been two years, but each year we've we've raised we've raised rent. Well, that's how you value properties that are investments is by the income. So mm-hmm. you're not valuing necessarily by the neighboring sales it's it's a business isn't that so yeah that's the difference between like almost commercial and yeah. and residential is is not what properties are sold in residential world and commercial you're yeah. exactly right it's how much i'm going to be making each month and the funniest part and not not funny as like haha funny as in like i want to bang my head on the on the table <laughs> i don't know if that's funny but <laughs> the frustrating part is when you go to these, and they could be four units, eight units, whatever, and the, the number one thing they say, well, we know rents are low, they could be higher. Uh-huh. It's like, great, go raise them. I know. They're selling the property for what it would be worth if rents were at market value, but mm-hmm. they've owned it for 10 years and never raised the rent because they don't want to deal with new tenants. Yeah. Well, I, that's not my problem. I know. I'm going to pay you. You have a spreadsheet. We have a spreadsheet. Yeah. If you want it, leave a comment. And... It, it's it's not emotional. It's just, yeah, well, this is the return. Mm-hmm. And $1,000 a month would be really nice if you, you know, if you say you have $3,000 a month coming in and yeah. you get one a year or whatever, like you can set some real good goals with that. Mm-hmm. So my follow-up question is what is your, what do you have, a, what motiv- what's motivating you to find more? Do you have a and goal in sight. So I actually slow, have or? a spreadsheet and super basic. Like it's like you would laugh, Scott, because you love your spreadsheets. And mm-hmm. this is like 
It's plain. Yeah, don't show it to me. I'll make fun of you. Probably. You probably would. <laughs> but I have, it's my financial freedoms spreadsheet. Okay. So I have everything that I am, that I know is every month what I'm paying for. Like, you know, your Netflix, your, you know, HBO, your cell phone bill, your gym bill. Like everything that you know is repeatable each month with a dollar amount, including mortgage and everything. I add up all of those expenses. And then I have what my my net is from my passive income in there. But also in there is is like my my mortgage that I have for each property. They're mm-hmm. also in there as well. So as expenses. As expenses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, I am like for example, after everything, um, I'm paying like a thousand. I think it was like 1100 and some change a month just for everything to be paid because of my passive income. So my goal though is to go from, you know, paying each month a thousand and I'm only like a duplex and a half away, Mm -hmm. right. To being positive where if I, you know, had a really bad month, let's say, or like real estate stopped, the whole world stopped for like, you know, in the real estate world, you know, sales stopped for like a whole month. I would have, everything paid for. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have anything come out of savings. So that's my goal is just to get over that hump. And then after that, like, sky's the limit. Yeah. I'll well, have to create a new goal at that at yeah. that point. Well, and it's it's like a series of steps. And people don't get – you people listening can't get, like, concerned with what the number is, meaning, like, your lifestyle number is different than mm-hmm. mine or Joe's yeah. or Samantha's or whoever. Like, yeah. It's not the what the number is. It's take that number, compare it to your cash flow, and what's the gap? Yeah. And what and so your gap is only eleven hundred a month. Now there's two ways to make that smaller. You can lower your lifestyle, mm-hmm. and you could probably hit it. You know, you might oh, yeah. instead of HBO and Netflix, you just have Netflix, whatever. Yeah. Or you can go create more, or a combination of the both, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, like what what makes you motivated and dialed to, to do this is that you have that number in sight. Yeah. I think as society, we think so much about what is our salary? Like, what is this? What is that? But it's like, what's your net worth is number exactly. one. What's your cash flow? Yeah. What, what is that number that could make you financially free? Mm-hmm. And if more people thought like that, I just think we would make different, better decisions. I absolutely. I mean, if you look at, um, so if you're, like everybody's reason for doing is different. Like even T- I believe Tina got started. Tina Reddick she got started because she would buy a duplex, and then would give it to her kid when they're like eighteen. Mm-hmm. So that way now they have a, either a place to live or they could sell it, and then they have something for school. Yeah, which is really neat. So that was like their like her thing, right? Um, so everybody has their own reason for doing it. Um, everybody should be focusing on wealth, though. If you haven't read Millionaire Next Door, you should read it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And so I, I like also that you said you're looking to get to this goal where it's like a break even because that's fine. I mean, that is financially free. That's like the first step. Yep. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, shit, I built this up. Then I wanted to supplement my income anything. altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something about, so I don't know if you know this, I can't think of the term, but words that end in or like have the k- C sound or the k- K sound or those are a certain type of word, and the words that are like F, like free, they just sound better. They just sound way Financial better. Financial freedom <laughs> sounds better than like job. <laughs> or, you know, like you know, like the B's, the C's, yeah, the K's. Yeah. Freedom, finance, like job. it just sounds great. Job. And and so you're really close, and you're 36. Yeah, and I'm like this is only three years yeah. in the making. I'm very new to some of these people that are out there that have like a hundred doors, you know, like those guys, they have property management companies Mm -hmm. watching it and they're literally, that's true passive income. And they're just like, they could, they they don't have to do anything anymore if they don't want to, but they're doing something. And I mean, I think you're more relatable, you know, and and we're on, we don't have video, thank God. Otherwise people probably wouldn't be watching. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh God, he's uh, so short and, but he's so handsome though. I don't know what it is. We, well, you, you, we like to bust each other's, um, you know, yeah. So we like to bounce each other. And what I do like about you and your story is it's very relatable. Like yeah. if people put their mind to it, the first yeah. step is to figure out your number 
Mm-hmm. What are you spending? And even in that process, you're finding stuff probably you don't need. Yeah. So even for that point, and then you say, all right, let's build this up. It's not like tomorrow you're going to have it. Maybe it's a five-year plan. Yeah. And and if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll just uh-huh. it'll go. Yeah. So you can either tell it where to go, or it'll just leave you or go yeah. somewhere. I'm dumb. <laughs> okay. So if anybody, oh, if if if, if I could do it, yeah, anybody can for real. You no. just got to be like determined to do it. Yeah. I like you have to and and get uncomfortable. Like you know how we talked about the right way. You know, living in a duplex, nobody like wants to do that. Mm-hmm. You have some people are like, oh man, I can't believe you got this or you did this and blah blah blah, and it's like, okay, then how about you do this? Sell your house, buy a duplex. Uh, that's how you get started. I'm like, nah, we can't do it. It's like, why not? Mm-hmm. Why, why, like, why can't you do that if you wanted the easiest way to do it? You know, so people just don't want to put in the time, or even, people don't want to have lifestyle changes. Even smarter is the four, like buying a four-family owner-occupant. You mm-hmm. could buy it at five percent down, live there. Now you're making crazy. money, yeah. you know, to live. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you want to move out and you have a four-family, you mm-hmm. can rent out the fourth. Yeah. And and I I wouldn't say you're dumb. I think you're very smart in a lot of ways. And oh, I you're, appreciate and it. You're, you're persistent though. You're stubborn or like you're just to, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to figure yeah. it out. I don't think that has, that doesn't have anything to do with intelligence or talent. Yeah. It's just a choice. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a book by John Maxwell called Talent is Never Enough. It's all these things that you can do without talent. Yeah. If you did all the things you could do without talent, you wouldn't even really need talent, mm-hmm. especially in real estate. Like right. in bat, if you're an NBA player, like, no, you're not going to be one. I'm not going to be one. Right. In real estate, you don't have to like do a double, ha- double handstand flip, you know, to like get a <laughs> listing. If you did, I wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Like you don't need talent. You just need the mindset. You need the, the skills. And you, and you need the practice. You need the practice. Yeah. So yeah. your goal then is you're, you're actively looking for another duplex. Yeah. Right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then what's i asked you a lot of questions so my 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 curious question and the the theme of this podcast is always what are you telling yourself that you're like that that's a limiting belief you would have or what you're afraid of or you know what what is your inner voice telling you about this whole process Mm -hmm. and this is a two-part question it could be about getting into real estate because i was a leap of faith and now that you're into investing Mm-hmm. What goes on in your head? Uh, it's the, so, um, am I going to, so, for example, I talked about this other duplex that I'm kind of pursuing. I'm actually seeing it next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary because I'm, I've like, dude, I'm, I'm just buying a house now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that goes from a lower mortgage to a much higher mortgage for that. Um and then I had like, wow, like I ha- I'm like, and then in my head, I'm like, I have this passive income and I'm only paying 1100 bucks a month, even with my new mortgage. I'm like, I could work at McDonald's for that, like for real. Mm-hmm. So, but I always have like this, like, so I'm, I've seen this, this, this place next Thursday and it's like, man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to put a percentage down or I'm going to have to leverage some of my properties, which, you know, there's um, other options you could do with no money down, but you're leveraging properties that you have, which we could dive into some other time. But anyways, <laughs> it's it's the scary thought of like, am I doing this right? Is is this going to, I'm going to buy it and then, um, you know, the, the tenants suck and then it's just, then I'm going to, you know, it's going to consume my life. And I just have like all the negative thoughts about yeah. something until I just tell myself like, it, I I won't get to the next level if I don't do this, mm-hmm. because um, other people that are, that do have a hundred doors or have like a hundred different properties, they probably went through the same thing I did in the beginning until they just pushed themselves far enough where they don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm in that stage in the beginning where I'm still nervous that it's going to like break me <laughs> if I buy this, when it, when it won't, it yeah. won't. I know that it won't. You just got to get over that hump, that scary hump of something new where it's like, holy crap, I have three that I'm managing right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up another one I'm going to manage. So then I tell myself my goal is like after five, I'm going to get a property management company. But regardless, it's it's that fear of 
the next purchase. And yeah, so without without action though, like none mm-hmm. of it would happen. Like none and, of it. Yeah. And anxiety doesn't have to be real to be real. So mm-hmm. your brain doesn't know if it's a real event or an imagined event. It's going to treat it like a real event. So yeah. you can start focusing on all the negatives. You can start doing it or. I think you knowing your number, the 1100, helps give you confidence too. To like, hey, like, what's the basically what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Maybe the tenant ruins the place, or maybe maybe I can't rent it, or maybe this, maybe that. But it's like I'll deal with it when it happens. Yeah. I'm not gonna worry about it until it happens. You could always deal with it. Yep. Okay. So you, the 1100 would be with your new mortgage when you move in, or it's your current. No, with my new mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Very nice. It's very nice, man. Very excited. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. And so now we've we've tackled a lot. Like, what would you have done differently? Started way sooner. Okay. <laughs> no, you can finish the question. Yeah. No, I mean, knowing what you know today, what would you have done differently? I would have started my morning routine, which whatever. It's holding time accountable for finding new business. That's that finding a coach right away immediately whether it's a friend or hiring um that is where i would have started immediately and then if i would have known like man buying a duplex right away um would have liked would have been amazing in my business Mm -hmm. so buying early and just pushing myself early Mm -hmm. yeah could you imagine 2011 buying duplexes oh my god if i had oh dude it would be we'd be We'd be so rich. It'd be over, it would be double. The, they would all be well over double what we paid. Uh huh. Especially if you're picking them up in like West Dallas or. God, can you imagine? Washington, Even if it was Milwaukee. one a year that you picked up, that would be 10, uh, 12 properties. Can you imagine that? Oof, man. Okay. But it'd be way more than that because once you kind of start to hit the limit, it's you, you get enough income, then you could just start throwing it right back so into it's prog- it. Basically, it's progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. Do something, take action, figure it out. Don't yeah. wait to wait. You know, don't get ready to get ready. Yeah, yeah. You you get uncomfortable in this business, and you have to be okay with it. Yeah. If you're not, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. So what, one last thing I want to mention, too, is around the property management. Because to me, like, I know what a hammer looks like. Mm-hmm. I know what a screwdriver looks like. But that's pretty much the extent of my abilities. Yeah. Um, I did hang a bunch of stuff up this past week, and I'm Dang. really proud of myself. And it's But it's more of a mindset where... I heard this, one of my favorite quotes, and, and it was a guy who said, uh, no job is too small to subcontract. So so if, if leverage is important to me, yeah, my big thing would be I would have a property manager on my first one. Yeah. You said you would have it at five. The mm-hmm. messiest, stickiest place to be is like the two to three because mm-hmm. you're like doing a lot. You don't yeah. have that leverage. I'm already seeing myself starting to do a lot. I mean, I'm legit going over to – one of my properties uh, shortly after this to change um, a thermostat on the dryer so their dryer works again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, after a uh, while, that's got to be. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, again, it's, you know, saving saving the money for now. But, I, like, ex- and again, Scott, like for you, it'd be finding a property management right away. Everybody's a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's probably the smartest thing to do, to be honest, is well, if you could get over that and just not have to do anything. Like, I'm one of those guys where I'm afraid, like, again, I'm afraid to dive in until I get my feet wet. And I'm like, oh, this isn't so, like, isn't so bad. Yeah. Like, I'm still making money and I don't have to worry about things, mm-hmm. you know, so. I don't think there's a smart way. I mean, it's like, it's got to be back to your goals. Like, your goals are very clear. You want to be, you want to break even. Once you're breaking even, then you could be like, okay, I'll get one more, and now you're at five, and you afford yeah. that property manager because it's typically yeah. like eight, ten percent. Yeah, yeah, about ten percent roughly is what you see. So, I think on average. So maybe you'll go back down to like needing a thousand dollars again or five hundred, but now it's like, okay, I'll just get another one. Like, mm-hmm. And now you have your time and your freedom. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, freedom, time. <laughs> time starts with a t- not not the. Yeah, I wish I knew that. Someone will know what I'm talking about. I promise you. <laughs> what didn't I ask you that you wish I would have? Um, that's actually kind of a good question. <laughs> the first one of the day. Uh-huh. Um, when someone says that's actually 
like, hey, that's actually a good idea. Like, yeah. that to me means like you're usually stupid. Uh-huh. You actually said something smart. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. First good question of this whole interview. Um, man, uh, no, I think you asked a lot of good questions, though. But um, I, I don't think we didn't touch on anything. I think that I have was one important. thing. Sure. So you did one deal in your first year. Yeah. That probably motivated you to I almost say, got out. Hey, there's got to be a better way for this first year, realtor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what came from that? Uh, actually, no, that was not my mentality. Okay. I actually enjoyed hanging out with everybody, which is crazy. Like you, mm-hmm. like Alex, um, and then um, you know, and then working those like jobs like supplemented that. You know, knowing that I I had this envision that I am this great agent when I wasn't at that time, okay. right? Um, it really wasn't until I, Scott Allen was like, this is like, you're not there. Okay. You, 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 you want it, but you're not doing the activities to do it. So that's what really changed. So what are you doing now to help in that area? Like the first, the first year agent, um, the first year agent, like what am I doing now to help the first, like to get to that mental state? Do you have like a project going, you know, something that you're. Oh, you be writing. Oh God, my my book that I want to write really bad. Oh, yeah. What's that, that book one. about? Uh, it's about getting under contract in the first thirty days. Okay. Yeah. And how far along are you? Uh, I have a lot of the outlined. I have your chapter done, by the way. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I interviewed Scott because one of the best ways to find businesses and business immediately is doing open houses. So Scott was pretty good at that in the in in your first. Dude, first I year. just did one a month ago. Did you? And crushed it. Dude, I did one last weekend. I got three buyer um, leads and then one listing lead. It was an, it was an, you know how like the sellers get like, I don't want like the sellers or neighbors to come in and They're look boys. at my stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, one came in and I'm like, oh, where do you live? And blah, blah. she's like right down the road. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay, that's awesome. You want some information about the neighborhood and kind of what things are selling? She says, well, actually, um, we bought a place and w- this one's vacant and we don't know if we should rent it or if we should sell it. So I'm actually meeting them next week from an open house, dude. That's weird. I know. Weird, huh? I love it. It works so well, you stop doing it mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I'm too busy. It's like, no, wait, what got you busy? Yeah. Oh, do that. Do more yeah. of that. What got me busy was open houses and networking. Exactly. If just tip for the people who would do open houses, it's not like you sit there and then it comes. Like you have to engage with people that come through the door. Well, you have to also have a strategy to get them in the door. Mm-hmm. My strategy is door knocking the neighbors. The Same. For having a neighbor open house exclusive, having a prize Ooh. that you give away. And then you need at least 15 signs, if not 20. Dude, do you really put 15 Dude, signs I just, on? Yeah, I just got 15. No. I just bought, yes. Didn't Holy you see my cow. reel? I'll show it to you. you oh, now. you have to show me, yeah. Yeah, I was really excited. And actually, like one, um, a family I know, parents I know of, of a, I used to coach basketball, we were going for a walk, and they saw my sign, one of them, and they, they were like, I got to see if it's actually Scott at this house. And they came yeah. in, and it was me. And then they're like, we've always wanted to see these places. We're kind of interested in them. And so it's not necessarily right now business, but now yeah. it's they're, they have their mm-hmm. mind on selling soon. They're empty nesters. Like yeah. that wouldn't have happened without 15. Maybe I put up 14 signs and they missed that one. Mm-hmm. And when they came in, I said, because they were like interested. I'm like, this might be the most expensive walk you've ever went on. If they go <laughs> just buy a $500,000 uh, condo. <laughs> dude, that's so, awesome. And, and I love that. But but back to your book. So you you are like halfway done? Uh, I would say about halfway done. How many yeah. people have you interviewed? Um, two. <laughs> okay. So but there's outlines. So Jeff. there's outlines in like – so the book is I, – I, I hate that I'm plugging a book that's not done. Well – so I'm, this is, I'm is this you like, account, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is why I accountability for the book. All right. So it's the premises as again, not telling you it's, it's learning by leading you to, to your own, you know, depiction on what you want to do. Cause I could say you need to do uh, expires every morning and five open houses a weekend. You're like, screw that. I don't want to do it. But there's other ways of finding business. And the book kind of outlines people's stories in each category and how they, you know, became a top agent starting in those categories. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to talk about 
Like it, like you, you have to find new business. It okay. doesn't just come with you. And there's all these different, like if you look at Tom, like some of the, all right, for example, like you see the guys from like on, on the TV show that are selling millions of dollars properties. But if you really look into like before they were on the show, they grinded it out mm -hmm. before they got that opportunity. And then you're like, oh, well, it's just super easy to buy, buy real estate or yeah. be an agent. It's not. You have to grind to get a business that's, you know, you know, the top 10% mm -hmm. of whatever state or even in the U.S. or whatever. Yeah. So that's what the book is about, just helping somebody get business immediately. And they get to choose what lead gen lever what they, they, do. What yeah. they would do. So, so they get to learn about each opportunity to find new business and then they choose which one that they how, think would suit better for them. How many chapters, how many, uh, how many different lead gen strategies are there? Um, Each chapter so is a lead gen expire strategy. Expire facility owner, open house, paid leads, um, oh, uh, geo farming, um, what else do I, um, networking, um, social, social media, media. Um, and then filling in is like you could do all of those but if you're not having a follow-up system so that's in there so okay. it kind of teaches you how what to about database that. oh sorry yep yeah like sphere past clients that's actually i think i think that's like number one yeah you know should who you should be calling right away uh, i plugged you in that one business to business uh i don't have that one in there so so you when is your when is your when are you gonna have this done sometime next year maybe what? That, that's that's not good enough i don't I, I, this I, podcast. I, I i have you locked into this room <laughs> Until I give you a date. He's holding the door on the other side, and she's stronger than you. Um, I, I don't know. A year from now, maybe. June twenty seventh, two thousand twenty four. Sure. What about June thirtieth? June. A couple of extra days. Fine. June. Yeah. June. June thirtieth, twenty twenty four. It'll be out. Published. My pretty face on it. Okay. By June like, 30th. Yeah, June 30th, 2024. I think Deal. the concept of the first getting an offer in the first 30 days is, is a mindset and mentality we need in this industry. Yeah. So even if it's a local hit mm -hmm. uh, or a statewide hit or whatever it is, like it's needed. Yeah. I would, it, I would have my agents read that book. It's mind-blowing because you have, as a new agent, you have nothing going on. Like you shouldn't be doing anything else other than eight hours of door knocking or calling to find your like new business. Yeah. You you should be able to find business in the first month easily. You should be able to f sign a listing or sign a buyer at least a buyer agency mm -hmm. within the first first month. And that goes for investing too. Like if you're just if if there's one thing I wish I could do, I wish I could bottle up the energy I had when I was a new agent and yeah. just like the overall like uh night being naive, the naivety, yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but just like that uh, innocence of, hey, I'm just gonna go grab the world by the tail, yeah. put it in my pocket. Because in 2010, everyone was complaining about the market, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know the market, I'm just gonna go work. Yeah. And just have that, like, bottle that up, and then just like either breathe it or drink it, like whatever it is, uh, I could use that. Because mm -hmm. you start turning into an old curmudgeon like once in a while. I do, yeah. So yeah. I need that like, new, that new feeling. That new curmudgeon. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is, get that damn book published. Yeah. And get it out. Yeah. There's no need to wait. I know. I don't want to hear about this. I'm buying a house and I'm getting married. Look at me. I'm, I'm, buying, I'm a buying a duplex. I'm at. I'm renovating. So if you got to write like six chapters in a in. Eight no, months, you could write a chapter a month. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, really, if you wanted to. Yeah, if you wanted you just, to. Yeah, I, I got to set time because I, I, that's honestly, that's what I asked myself is like, I only did one house in the first year and it's because I did all the wrong things. And if I knew that there were all these different ways of doing it and how to capture and hold on of those like leads, like I think I'd be, we wouldn't be talking, I'd be so famous. Yeah, one day the next person on the TV show is going to be like, I bought Jeff's book, and now here I am. Yeah. And they're going to bring you on their private jet. I hope that one day that happens, man. I hope that does happen. Yeah, I, I hope I get emails saying, like, hey, I've read your book, and I got my first contract in 30 days. That'd be, that be That means I really helped out. Yeah. That means, like, somebody struggling was able to do it, and I was able to help them out. And you're not going to get that email until you publish it. And I, I won't, exactly. Right, right. <laughs>
hope, hope I made my point. Yeah. That was the real reason I wanted to interview. Yeah, yeah. So to I'm plug a book that's not even there. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. I really enjoy your story. I think you're, I can't wait to see what it is in five years or 10 years. It's yeah. like a snapshot in time. And you interviewed me, I think, three years ago or four or five years ago. It was cool to see, like, where you were at that time because life does change a lot. It does. And yeah. if you could, leave a comment. I'd love to hear you, or not hear you, but see you subscribe and just follow and, and do whatever you can. I will be interviewing a guest every Thursday and then just sharing some thoughts. Or, sorry, interviewing a guest every Tuesday, sharing some thoughts every Thursday, and just continuing to see where this goes. So thank you very much, Jeffrey. You're welcome.